It's always cloudy in Cleveland. Brought to you in part by Rusco Sports Twitter. We have all the hit news about Cleveland sports. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to It's Always Cloudy in Cleveland. The sun is gone. The rains are brewing. The clouds are out. It's a dark day in the 216 with the departure of Tyron Liu and Hugh Jackson. But there's something to be happy about. The boys are back in town. Junior coming back from Chicago slash Detroit. Breezy in the house. Maddie Ice. We are missing Drinking Ed, producer. Shout out to Diesel Nut. But first and foremost, before we get into things, we need to introduce a new full-time member of ACIC, the one, the only, Ski Boy. What up, what up, what up? A.K.A. Cobra Kai. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about it. Hugh Jackson's gone. Todd Haley's also gone. Initial thoughts. My initial thoughts? It's a beautiful thing. This has been a long time coming, boys. And honestly, I thought he was going to last the duration of the season. I was shocked to see Haslam grow some balls and, you know, get Hugh right up out of here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, shout out to Ski Boy. I mean, the kid literally comes on the show his first time ever and, and calls us. All three of the main hosts here, I think we all said he's going to last you know, the majority of the year, if not all of the year, and, and Ski Boy did say it's going to be an early departure. Nailed it. <laughs> we were going to say, what was going to last longer, Ski Boy's tenure on Always Cloudy or Hugh Jackson? And then Ski nailed it, so we had to make him a full-time member. Absolutely. I said he had max four games. Ski Boy, did you he know something three. that we didn't know? Yeah, I got some insider information. Wow. Friends uh, with you. Nice. Uh, Ski, insider inside trading is illegal. Just ask Michael Kendricks. So, anywho, um, I, I just think the Steelers game is pretty irrelevant. This team's starting to fall apart at the seams, hence why Hugh got the boot, hence why Todd Haley's no longer calling plays. Um, I want to say I am excited about Greg Williams now taking over the lead with this team. I always felt we needed – a coach that's tough, that has discipline, especially a team that's given up all these penalties, someone to really instill a culture. And there's two things that can happen here. The team can continue to unravel. We can go down this beaten path and just get the number one pick in the draft, which I necessarily wouldn't be mad about. Or this team really buys into what Greg Williams is trying to do, his culture, and maybe, who knows, maybe Greg Williams solidifies his coaches next year. I don't really see that happening. But stranger things have happened. Um, I will say I'm also excited about Freddie Kitchens getting his shot at the uh, offensive coordinator duty. A longtime tight ends coach, running backs coach. He was quarterback at Alabama under uh, Bruce Aarons as his offensive coordinator. Uh, so this guy, he's been around some good coaches. He's been in the league for a while, and it's nice to see him finally getting his chance so maybe he could spark up this offense and switch things up. So who knows? It could be a perfect storm that could get us in the mix and the right track we need to be on. I really think it's going to be a positive outlook. I don't know if you if you watched the press conference today, uh, Junior, but um, they stated that, that Baker and Kitchens have a, an amazing relationship. Um, and I think it's only going to grow and, and get better with him calling the plays on offense and with Baker still back there leading the pack. And I don't doubt that. Um, I watched a video earlier on Freddie Kitchens when he was at Arizona. And um, Carson Palmer was talking a lot about how this guy just walks in the room, has everybody's respect. He's just a very likable guy, a Southern guy. Um, and he's, he's definitely a player's coach. So I, I think if he relates to Baker and can help develop him, um, it could be a, a match made. Yeah, I know this is something that's you know, really small, probably irrelevant, but it's something just to kind of think about. Um, Freddie Kitchens actually was the offensive coordinator game four uh, of the preseason with the Detroit Lions, where I know it was the backup, so at the same time, I think we were up 31 nothing at the end of the first half, which is the best the offensive has ever looked, and Baker was the quarterback at the time. And if you think about it, sometimes you just need a fresh look at things. Like, yeah, has this guy have any real experience calling plays in the league? No. Has he been an offensive coach for the last 15, 20 years? Yeah. So he's been around the game. 
what we need is something fresh, something new. Like, let's see if this works. Change it up. Maybe he does something witty. Maybe he does something that's not traditional. I think that's something that, you know, could really spark this team because at the beginning of the year, we were competitive. We saw the cards we were dealt with, and we were in these games. Everyone, even the national pundits, we should be 4-0, 4-1, this and that. And now it's just starting to unravel, and it's like, what the hell was Hugh doing? Good to see him go. Take yeah. Todd with you, damn it. Fucking coordinator. And that's exactly what happened was they took Todd Haley, and that's something that not a lot of people are talking about. I've been – I loved Todd Haley during Hard Knocks. Like, his personality and everything was awesome. But I just thought I disagreed with every single thing he did on offense. The fact that huge – or uh, Duke Johnson literally didn't play at all is just beyond me, and you can't blame that on Hugh Jackson because last year Hugh played him 99.9% of the games and, and of the – I'm sorry, of the plays. So – I just didn't. I was very excited to see uh, Todd Haley go. The only time Duke Johnson really touched the ball is when he shouldn't have, like in a third and two or fourth and two situation, run up the freaking middle. Or what the weird part about it is they would play him for the first possession, the second possession, he would look good, and then he just wouldn't come on the field the rest of the game. It's like, I'm telling you, Duke Johnson, if he has a, you know, if Todd Haley has a wife, a girlfriend, Duke Johnson had to have done something. Well, you know what? That problem's out of here now. Now we can look forward to the New Look Browns midseason form. It's a beautiful thing, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, we're at the halfway mark, and I don't want to dwell on, you know, the Steelers game. We got a New Look Browns, New Look coaching staff. Let's see what happens here. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily something to be excited about, but it's definitely positive knowing that Hughes no longer leading this ship to despair. One question I have for the group, and I know this isn't pretty traditional because usually when you have a new GM, he likes to bring in his new coach. That coach likes to bring in his coordinators. And especially since I feel like if Greg Williams stayed on the defensive side and like maybe Al Saunders was the interim head coach, a new new coach comes in and says, wow, I really like what Greg Williams did on that side of the ball. I'm going to leave him there. But now since Greg Williams actually the interim head coach, if they do bring in a new coaching candidate, they pretty much have to clean house, right? Like they couldn't say, Greg, we want you to be demoted and go back to D coordinator. Is that something you guys want moving forward? If Greg Williams, if the defense plays well, do you want him around? Do you maybe want him to be head coach if he thoughts? Well, you know what? That's not necessarily how it's going to pan out. You never know. They might have a common understanding like, yo, listen, we need you to get through us through these eight games. We're going to try to get you back on the staff as D corner. I mean, we don't know what's going on That's in those conversations. That's what we brought you in for. We wanted you to be our doors. D coordinator. This is where we need you to be now yeah. as a head coach. Hopefully things work out and we can keep you on long term. Right. I mean, that's it, a conversation. That's what you want, right? Yeah. And the the thing I like about this whole firing in general, it shows that like John Dorsey is actually running the ship. Like for the first time. <laughs> for the first time, like John Dorsey's in charge of the Browns and what we're doing. And going forward, if I want anyone to pick a new coach, I want John Dorsey Agreed. himself to pick Agreed. that new coach. Agree. Yeah, and and also there's examples of this in the past. I mean, Chris Tabor, our special coordinator, our special teams coordinator for the last few years, we've always had new regimes and they've always kept them. I think it's just a matter of what kind of ties the new head coach has. If he has ties with Greg Williams, he'll keep them around because I'll tell you what, the reason we're losing games has nothing to do with our defense. It's all because of our offense. Well, that shows because we didn't clean house already. We kept Greg Williams because he's been showing up. The defenses look fantastic all year long, no matter who's been hurt, no matter who's been playing. The defense has showed up week to week. And remind you, it's not the head coach that gets to always choose. A lot of times, like we're talking about it, if Dorsey wants to keep him, he's going to let it known for the new head coach who his defensive coordinator is going to be. Exactly. All right, so there's a vacancy to fill. Let's talk about some potential candidates. Maybe a candidate you want to see, or maybe it's someone you don't want to see, but you think they might get the nod. Let's maybe go around the room and drop a couple names. Granted, it's speculation. We don't know what's going to happen, but... For the sake of it's always cloudy in Cleveland. And for the sake of Cleveland, we're always doing mock drafts. We're always guessing. Hell, let's do it now. Yeah, I'll start this one off. So I'm actually talking about a guy that was actually on our staff in the last few years. And I'm not talking about Romeo Cornell. I'm talking about John D. Filippo. Uh, John yeah. D. Filippo. What? So here's my reasoning behind John D. Filippo. I know a lot of people are for defensive coordinators being um, head coaches. I'm actually the exact opposite. I want an offensive-minded coach to be our head coach, and he has a proven track record. Um, he was on the staff back in 2015 with uh, Mike Pettin, who I still think is the worst head coach we've ever had. Patini. And Ray Farmer. I mean, nobody can win with those two you know, in, in the front office. So we saw what happened last year with the whole Carson Wentz situation. They lose him in the playoffs or before the playoffs, and they still win this, the Super Bowl. Obviously, that has a lot to do, to do with the quarterback coach who happened to be G John D. Filippo. 
This year as well, he's the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. I know they're stacked right now, but still you have to have an offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing with the weapons he has. So my pick right now is for John Filippo to be the coach next year. And to support you too. So, I mean, he's going to Minnesota and installing a new offense with a new quarterback, building chemistry with the receivers. He was in Philadelphia, had one quarterback for the whole year, and then molded you know, falls into the system. This Big is what he needs to do. They Huge win the dick. Super Bowl. And then rewind back to when he was with Patton, he actually had a really good offense. He had Hoyer, who's a not starting quarterback in this league, and he made him put up some nice numbers with the garbage around him. So I think that's a solid selection, Matty Ice. Agreed. If I had to choose a coach who I'd personally like, I'm looking at Lincoln Riley. And unfortunately, if – Everyone's paying attention to the news and the media these days. He did already release a press conference saying he's not looking to come to the NFL, but I don't know how far you want to read into those things. I think he'd be perfect to come in and work with Baker Mayfield like he did in years past, and I just think that offense could be electric. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to actually kind of have a few questions about that one here because that's what a lot of people are saying. They're also talking about the coach for Iowa State. My biggest thing is, like, how many coaches can you name that have ever been successful going from college to NFL? Literally, anybody can only name one. Butch Davis. Sucked. Pete Carroll. That's the only one. Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh was all right, but he got fired after a few years. He, I'm pretty sure he, he wanted to get fired. I'm almost positive he left. He, he did. He I know there was a lot Michigan, of turmoil. Yeah. But my, 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 the thought that I have is like, I feel like there's not a lot of coaches that turn out to be good NFL coaches as well. I mean, the best co- – you know, probably college coach in the history of O'Brien. college football. O'Brien was terrible. Well, here's my counter Don't argument. Learn. Here's my counter argument to that, though. The NFL is changing. It's not the same NFL of old where they're doing this power eye formation, run ball first. They're doing a lot of schemes that they're practicing in the college and high school levels. And Lincoln Riley is one of the pioneers of bringing that style of football into the NFL. But- you see, and you see all the quarterbacks doing, being drafted these days, like. Look at the Patty Mahomes. You look at Baker Mayfield. They want these guys that can run that RPO system, and I think Lincoln Riley would fit perfectly in the NFL just yeah, because of that's, that. Yeah, that's literally the same thing they said about Chip Kelly when they said, oh, he's going to be the new guy that brings in the college football to the NFL, and he was an absolute bust in the NFL. I mean, he had a couple decent years I, too. Though. No, he sucked. I think it's a, it's a tough argument to make. Oh, since he was in college, he's not going to be a good NFL coach. It no, depends I, on the coach. No, like, I understand If you want to make your argument against Lincoln Riley for – certain reasons to like the he's only been a coach for two years well to the specific reasons of the college game where you think he might be limited then i could respect that but you can't just say oh well this guy's a college coach i don't want him in the nfl you can't make that argument but another thing you have to look at as well is also john dorsey's making the hire and you have to look at his past i mean he brought in andy reed and then when he was with the packers they just bring you know basically inside guys and promote them in so that's what he's used to is football guys in the NFL I just can't see him changing his philosophy to go to college quarter or college coaches and you know the two guys that people are saying I mean they're obviously great college coaches but I don't think they have a long track record I really don't okay so let me just chime in with mine because I kind of have a list here and I, I just real quickly so you guys said Lincoln Riley obviously that's going to be a name thrown around I had John Filippo on here as well. So these are some coaches I think that names are going to be tied, and I wouldn't mind seeing. Here's the, This one might be a shocker. Herm Edwards. So he just got back into Ooh. the game. He goes to Arizona State, which everyone was a shocking move, and I think it was a move where he's like, all right, I just want to get back in the game. He's getting a taste of it. When some of these head coaching jobs open up, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in it. Just throwing that out there. I'm not saying he's a hot candidate. I'm just saying – He's doing I, well. He's no, doing really he well at Arizona State too. I just think it's too soon for him to jump back into the Correct. NFL. He's got to prove a little bit more. That's my. That's opinion. a really good point. Though. I haven't I, seen that. I don't think there's anything to prove. I mean, he's been in the well, NFL before. Well, the NFL's changed since then. You look at Gruden. How's he doing? It's the same concept, bro. Okay, so another name, uh, Dave Tube. So this guy, Who? let me. Let, no, so I did my research. So this guy's been with Kansas City. He's been a special teams coordinator for them multiple teams he's been their associate coach he's actually breezy don't look at me like who the folks how guy? deep did you dig for this dude, list dude? no because you, lou and tube <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying you lou, lou and tube no this guy actually uh almost special teams coordinator nice no he's been going for jobs uh head coaching jobs in the league and his name's been thrown around a, a lot but so I'm, like I'm making ties back to kansas city i'm telling you dude 
Wait, is this the well, Kansas City special co- teams coordinator you're talking about? Yeah. Yo, no, honestly, he he didn't dig that. This is a pretty – I mean, props to you. He's this a, is a big candidate right now. It, it is really a big is. candidate. He's been a, a hot name for opening positions for a while. So when you hear a Kansas City guy who's been a, a hot topic, hot target, and you have John Dorsey in our house, it's going to make sense to at least bring him in for an interview. Sticking with the Kansas City topic, their new offensive coordinator, Eric Benenemy. Benenemy? No, it's, I think it's Bienemy, actually. Ben-en-me. Eric Bienemy. He was a running back back in the day. Um, what he's been doing with Pat Mahomes and their offense has just been astonishing. Like, I know when we were doing our podcast at the beginning of the year talking about what players we think were going to be good, we all thought that Mahomes was going to be a bust. Like, we were all just saying, like, no, I, no one was signing him. I, Breezy, I, don't say you yeah, were. Oh, I, yeah, I no, thought he was going to yeah, be MVP yeah. candidate. I thought I he was going to be here. I never potential. said he'd be an MVP candidate. I said he's got weapons around him. He's probably going to have a pretty decent season. Yeah, oh. but you've also never said a player was going to suck except for the Pittsburgh don't Steelers you, Don't team. compare me to Diesel Nut right now. <laughs> don't you think that Kansas City's offensive coordinator deserves credit? Oh, 100%. Yeah, so this guy, he's been a running backs coach, and I think he would be somebody to target younger. I think he's only 43, but if you we're looking for that fresh talent, again, ties to John Dorsey, another name to look out to. All right, I'm going to go a little quick, quicker here. Jim Harbaugh. If things don't pan out in Michigan, pass. if he shits the bed, that's going to be a name. Hard pass. Okay. David Shaw. He runs – Stanford. From Stanford, thank you. He runs both defensive and offensive NFL schemes. So both sides of the ball, he's familiar with the league. He's an, You want to talk about innovative coaches, smart guys who can make the leap from NCAA to the NFL, I think he's probably the most ready. I don't know if he fits what we're trying to accomplish here, um, but that's one guy. Uh, you all know Josh McDaniels is going to be thrown around. I'm not a fan I'm personally. Not, I'm not too high I'm just saying you yeah, know no, that name is going to be true. thrown around. Uh, Mark Helfrich, he was the Oregon coach after Chip Kelly. He So he did well when Mariota was his coach. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And I think – I thought they were going to be butt this year. He's making Trubisky look a lot better. He doesn't have that much talent. So I think he's going to be getting some looks as a head coaching position in the league. Still might be too soon, but I see where you're going with that. Uh, Urban Meyer, he might be splitting with Ohio State. No, that's my hot take. That's my hot take. Hear me out with this hot take. No, 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 no my hot take. He's probably gone. split. But he's Urban not has accomplished everything in his collegiate career that he wanted to. He always wanted to coach Ohio State. He, he did that. He's won national championships. Right now, he's kind of on the hot seat. Not to mention, there the, the, people are saying that they might part ways at the end of the year. And if I'm Urban and I have my bucket list, shoot, why, might as well give it a shot in the NFL. If that were to happen. Backfill his position at Ohio State with James Franklin from Penn State. His 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 heart can't take the Browns. He was he will have another heart attack, whatever he had before in the first four games as <laughs> Browns head coach. Story. Urban Meyer, right. Stephen Browns, not happening. Yeah, I don't see Urban Meyer not coming happening. to the NFL. I really don't. What are your What are your thoughts if he does leave Ohio State though? James Franklin being the next coach. I, I would actually hate. It. I think James Franklin's not that good of a coach. I've literally, no, I'm not, you might be looking at me crazy. I've watched the past few games. This dude looks like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's like the talent Jackson. he has on his roster. And he's a recruiter, but he's not a Barkley. coach. He's a recruiter. And he emerged them from the whole Jerry Sandusky thing. People forget dude, that was literally dude, a few yeah. years ago. No, but I've they should still be a bottom five team agreed. in the Big no, Ten. Agreed. That team has as much tradition as any college in the country. I would 100% argue with that. How? Why? Okay, so if they have so much tradition, why would he go to Ohio think, State then? I think he's overperformed. What? You just said that they have one of the best traditions in all of the college football. They do. They have really good tradition. People. Love, I wouldn't say if one you of live the in best, Pennsylvania, though. you go to Penn State if you're good at football. Terrell Pryor went to Ohio State. Well, that's fine. It's not, you, there's always gonna be exceptions to the rule. I mean, you pick one fucking guy from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Breezy, he's overperformed with the talent he's had on his roster. Fact. He had to build that thing from scratch, dude. dude. I'm, he's, a, I don't know. I'm not too high on him. Okay. I think he's terrible Let's at managing the game. Let's not go too far off topic. I have a couple more names. These are my most ideal candidates. All right, ready? This, these are. I threw some names at you. These are juniors' top three. Probably not gonna happen, but it's kid can dream. Bill Belichick. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. No. Called it. Called it. Pete Carmichael. Now, let me tell you about Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. This guy's been their offensive coordinator since 2009. If he gets the opportunity this year to be a head coach, you got a guy who's been with Drew Brees for the last 10 years. He was also with Drew Brees, actually, in San Diego. Familiar style quarterback. He could implement some of those offensive skills with Baker in our offense. I wouldn't mind that. Greg Williams reunion, too. 
That is true. It's a so family I like reunion. And then we get Sean Payton. And then the championship, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Bruce Arians. I, I, I thought I he, know. like, died, didn't he? Hot take. Let's cut that out. <laughs> Too soon. Bruce Arians. No, he's been – he moved to the uh, booth this year. He's been calling some games. When he actually called, it was the uh, – Browns and I think it was the Bengals. He was talking about how much he wanted to. He was disappointed he didn't get the coaching nod. I think when they brought in Chud or maybe it was Patton, but he said he was bummed out. He's always wanted to, you know, come back to Cleveland and coach. So I know he definitely has the interest to come here. It's something. Does John Dorsey want to explore that with Bruce? But the thing I see is like Bruce is a football guy. Like when you think John Dorsey, I feel like those are the kind of guys he looks at. You know, the Andy Reeds, the Bruce Aarons, um, those types of guys. So I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't mind it. I, I honestly think that the Browns are just going to go with, with a younger direction. I was going to say, not to mention Freddie Kitchens yeah. and Bruce Aaron. Freddie Kitchens, the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns? No, offensive coordinator. So he's already working with Baker. If you slide in Bruce, he, Bruce and Freddie worked together in Arizona on the same coaching staff when Bruce was coach. Not to mention, Bruce was his quarterback coach at, or offensive coordinator when he played at Alabama. Well, I'm, not, I'm not trying to stay in NFL purgatory and just keep all these old heads up here. The NFL is trending in a different direction. Is Andy, r- Red, Andy Reid, <laughs> excuse me, an old head? Red, like my brother? Andy Reid, is he an old head? Yeah. Well, here's my only thing. I'm going to right now killing it in Kansas City. With a with phenomenal roster that was built by in John Dorsey. Dorsey, we trust. Yeah. They chose Reid over Dorsey. Which Pick is a shocking. football guy. Just pick a football guy. I don't pick care. A football pick guy. someone who knows how to coach and manage a game. Bruce thing, is proven. Andy, Andy Reid's different. Andy Reid always is known for thinking outside of the box. They come up with like a new playbook every single week in Kansas City. Put an asterisk next to him. All right, well, I gave you plenty of fresh minds in my list, so you figure one out. That's what I'm saying. Out. I think we I, need a fresh mind. That's what we need. I think the Carmichael is actually a pretty good – I think it's going to be hard to learn away from um, the Saints. I just disagree with the other two because I do think that – um, Dorsey's looking very long term, and they want a coach that's not going to be possibly dead in the next five to six years. Like you know, with Cowboys only sixty one. Okay, but John Dean Filippo's forty, Jeez. so he's going to coach here for the next twenty five years. I didn't say until he's sixty five. <laughs> I just said that they, I think he's going to be looking for a younger coach if he has the chance to pick. I'm a young guy. I can coach. I, I don't think it comes down to age at all. I think they bring guys in the room, say who's going to most quickly turn this team over to a winning team, and whoever has the best resume and best potential. That's going to be their go-to. Hey, uh, Ski, what do you think? Cobra Kai, welcome to the show. Jeff Tom Herman Fisher. <laughs> Bring him back. Bring back the mustache. What is this, Madden 2003? Yes. We haven't had six wins for a while, so I see where he's coming from. You, you just want Breezy, him, you don't like that? You just want him and uh, Greg Williams to have a reunion. <laughs> right, he said Jeff Fisher. Did you not see the Rams two years ago with Jeff Fisher? Do you see us yeah. now? Like they're undefeated. They were like they're the worst team in the league, and now they're undefeated. I'll be, now they got I, I rid have of him. no clue who's out there. Like who's ready? For, I, I don't know any of the coaches, any of the, any of the teams that aren't head coaches. So I, I really, I have no opinion. What about Mac Brown? I would love to see Mac Brown, but he would never do it. <laughs> He's too good on TV. That voice is amazing, electric. Okay, so I think that was a pretty good conversation about potential candidates. You know, we'll continue to keep an eye on it, share our thoughts, see how this grows. But now, let's move over to your Cleveland Cavaliers! Wow. At the line, shooting none. Ty, Lou, (laughs) personal foul. Larry, Drew. So, Ski Boy. I heard a rumor, and I just want you to tell me if this is true. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, James Posey is a current member of the Cavs coaching staff. Hometown boy. Hometown boy. And, Ski Boy, true or false, did your dad coach James Posey, I'm not going to say at what level, but at some point in his career? He did. He did. Uh, I actually have a bunch of autographed pictures hanging up in my apartment uh, from him, so pretty close to him. Uh, used to be when I was younger, but yeah, the old man coached him back in the uh, in the nineties. So, in a perfect world, Larry Drew declines being interim head coach. He's already been kind of weird about it. They say real weird. They say, "Hey, Larry, we can't commit to you long term." You know, and Larry Drew's like, "You know what? This is just weird for me." Because him and Tyler were actually boys. Like, yeah. Um, before that's why Tyler brought him on with him. So if he somehow parts ways. James Posey somehow moves up the bench. 
gets the nod as interim head coach. Listen. From shooting coach to head coach. James Posey calls Cobra Kai's dad to bring him in out of retirement. That would be awesome. And we have the GOAT, the mustache rider himself, dude. Cobra Kai Sr. coaching your Cleveland Cavaliers. How awesome would that be? That'd be great. Free tickets. Sources say he's out in the uh, Carolinas right now. He's with, out coaching with, with his wife, and he said, "He said if Posey has Posey wants to reach out to me, he has he has my number." With that said, folks, let's talk about it. So we're zero and six. That's not good. But nobody, when LeBron James leaves your team, you're gonna have so many misfit toys, just like the Cavs do. So because you add all these bona fide role players and skill players around LeBron, and then you take him out of the equation, and you have like a really good shooter, a really good perimeter defensive guy you know you just all these wingmen it's just all these weird misfits and then a bunch of young guys and it's like okay make it work so do you think that Ty Lu got the well, got the axe rightfully so I think he was just belt, dealt a bad deck of cards well, and that's why he's kind of like in purgatory right now I mean you you m- remove LeBron James off of a team for four years any team in the league that next coach is going to be in the doghouse well let, let me jump in on this one then I think that the reason we can tie Lou is because he was staying way too loyal to those veterans. There's clear this Cavs team is ready to move in a new direction. Got to get the young guns going. Got to get them pumping, you know, getting some shots up, getting some experience. And Ty Lue was kind of hindering that process. And personally, I think it might have been a little too soon to fire him, but this has been a long time coming. It was inevitable. But quick shout out to Ty Lue. He did bring us that championship and, you know, he's probably one of the most winning coaches the Cavs have ever had, so shout-out to him. Probably ever will have as well. Yeah, I mean, everybody's saying, too, that he's going to get another shot. Just put him in the right situation oh, with the right players, and, you know, he could definitely be competitive. I just think for a team like this, you don't necessarily need, like, a Eric Spolstra. You need, like, or Ty Lue. You need something more like who's a coach in Philadelphia, like a player developer, somebody who can kind of put it all together and then kind of grow it. I mean, here's my thing. It's like Dan Gilbert has this unrealistic expectation of what the Cavs can be or should do. Here's the thing about the league right now. Nobody's winning besides the Warriors in the next two years. So why even be a decent team? We might as well start stockpiling a little bit with the draft picks. I have no problem with us being the worst team in the league. And I, I, I do think that we are better than the worst team in the entire league with our roster. But at the same time, it's like, we're just going to have to bite the bullet for the next few years. I'd rather be a terrible team for two years than a decent team for eight. I agree. I'm, I'm all in for the tank, get the draft pick this year, trade Kevin Love for more draft picks, and just get a young, youthful, fresh, we Philadelphia-esque. Need a, we need a Sane for Zeon. What did you just say? Is his name Zeon? Mount, Mount Zion. Oh, Zion. Oh, I was like, what? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there's no point of trying to be halfway decent competitive. I mean, it's just Kevin Love's already battling injury. We're six games. Yeah, he stubbed season. his toe. He's out for Get a month. Just trade him. Come on. What are we trying to accomplish here? All right, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to call myself out. I did say we were going to win 43 games. You know, I, I did see some guys that could play basketball, but we just don't have anyone. Like you said, we lost LeBron. Yeah. So remember when I guessed Hugh had four weeks left and I was right? And then you guys laughed at me when I said the Cavs are going to win 35 games only. What do you think now? I thought you said 28. No, I said I 35. Didn't laugh. I think we were all being a little optimistic in our expectations because we were all super high on David Nwaba. Um, <laughs> we were just like, I think we all secretly wanted the Cavs to be competitive, but our like our hearts wanted us to be competitive, but our minds, like being smart, knew that we should probably just tank. So we just kind of wish for the best. But realistically, I mean, we're looking at a 25-31 to team. I mean, if we're lucky. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's a pretty fair evaluation. I don't think that'd be lucky. I think we have enough talent to win 25 to 30 games. But I don't know. It's, it's not worth it at this point. Might as well take and get those damn picks. Get the damn picks. Wow. You know, you know that's the direction when Breezy throws in the towel. You know that's the way to go. You know, guys, I was actually on the team plane last week, and I just saw it firsthand. This is a true story. Breezy, do you want to share uh, your experience? Tell us what happened. Yeah, how, how does that even come about? Well, first and foremost, my dad has been a season ticket holder for the Cavs for 40 years, starting with my grandpa, actually. 
And because of that, the Cavs wanted to reward us and, you know, thank you for being loyal fans. And they invited us to go to the Cavs game in Detroit versus the Pistons. And so the whole spiel was, like, we'll fly you over on the team plane. You will, you'll stay the night before. Then we'll go watch the game. You'll be in a suite, get hella food and beers. What's, how, long, how long was that flight? Honestly, that's probably they the worst. They picked you for the shortest trip That possible. was the worst, fl- worst flight of my life. Literally 24 minutes, man. Got a full full meal. Got some PF chains. You say what's up to any of them? Yeah, so we're on the plane. I actually got to sit next to Austin Carr and Jim Jones, which is kind of awesome. But they were kind of they're in a bad mood because they just got smoked by the playoff contending Brooklyn Nuts. <laughs> and so whenever it's you could just tell it wasn't like the same team. You've seen the Snapchats in years past. They're all happy go lucky. They just kind of they wanted to get there, do their business, just get the hell out the of motions. town. Just yeah. th- so I was also uh, coincidentally in Detroit at the time. Met up with Breezy and his brother Red. Shout out to Red. And uh, I valeted my car at this hotel at the Marriott. Uh, the Weston and dude, they were just picketing outside. So I don't know if you know, like there's a bunch of Marriott workers on strike. So they're boycotting and stuff like out front, like picketing dudes, banging drums, like 27 billion in revenue and they can't give us a cut. <laughs> it was awkward. It was, it was one of the weirdest shit I've ever so seen. Anyway, I'm getting my valet and there's a little tiny Starbucks right there. <laughs> and just our boys is it. She's just chilling there, sipping on a white mocha. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to shout out Sizich, that's no, all. That yeah. was my only story. <laughs> but real quick, just to finish it up real quick, I don't want to ramble on too much. I mean, it was pretty cool. I got to see him win. It was, I mean, got to see him lose. It was a competitive game, though, which was a win in my book because I got hella free beers. So we get on the team bus to go on the way back, and, you know, all the players are coming on, which is pretty dope. They all said what's up. And they seem to be in pretty decent spirits for how shitty they are. You know, it's not the ideal <laughs> season they wanted to, to have. And we get to the plane. And as I'm sitting down, Ty Lu actually comes up to shake my and my brother's hand and the other six fans that were also included on the flight. And he's like, hey, guys, thanks for coming. You know, sorry for that bad performance. Wish would have got you a W. And I'm like, yeah, no, no worries, coach. Like, I just thought that was a class act by him. He's, I think that's a real class Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, that. like, it's – the writing was on the wall. I mean, it was a matter of time before we got rid of him. But I, I just have mad respect for Ty Lu and appreciate all he's done for Cleveland. So after he shook your hand, like, he went back to his seat. Did he do anything else for the remainder of the flight? Yeah, he, he kind of, like, from where I was sitting, he was probably, like, maybe 20 feet away from me. They had, like, a table facing each other, and it was just Damon Jones, Ty Lu, and I couldn't see the other two. James My, Posey? No, James Posey wasn't sitting at that table. But anywho, they, they just had these cards out and these – Benjamin sitting on the table. These dudes were gambling on this 20-minute flight back to Cleveland. I'm, I'm literally staring down Damon Jones as, as he's eating P.F. Chang's, and I'm like, I don't know if this is awesome or just weird as fuck. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. That's a great story. Uh, Tyloo, you know, I, it just it wasn't the right situation for him. I don't know who it's the right situation for. Uh, I think you need to bring somebody who could kind of be a glue coach, get the morale going, get the players together. Really enforce a team ball mentality. Really develop these young players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't even think we should even speculate at this point. No, we, have, we have zero clue what's going to happen. I'm, I'm just hoping that Cobra Kai's dad gets involved somehow. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. This next segment is brought to you in part by Roscoe Sports. We have all the hit news on Cleveland sports. Uh... So this next segment, we are going to do, uh, you know, a lot of coaching vacancies, right? So there's been a lot of sports movies out there, a lot of ideal dream coaches who we've all, you know, fell in love with watching these movies, admired, right? Let's talk about some of those movies, some of those coaches, some of those guys you liked. And you know what? If, if they were available and real people, w- would you bring them around for the Brownies or the Cavs? Who do you got, Cobra Kai? Well, when uh, you pose this to me, there's only one coach that comes to mind that I think can turn this team around, fictionally or, or non-fictionally, whatever the hell it fictionally. is. Fictionally. Uh, I don't know what we decided on before. Uh, but Pacino from Any Given Sunday. Let's go. That fucking speech, every time I get a quarter chub, dude. Yeah, but he's taken, dude. He's already coaching at uh, Oklahoma State. Easy. 
Easy. Did you see Oklahoma State's? Yeah. Easy. He doesn't look just like Pacino. He tried to fight Texas' yeah, coach no, after the game. That was, was awesome. awesome. That's why Cobra Kai is getting pissed. That was awesome. Why was Why was Herm so pissed, or whatever the heck his name is? I'm not sure because, unfortunately, I couldn't watch the game. What, what were you doing? I was at a bomb-ass Halloween party when I won the costume contest. No All big right, deal. We'll, we'll but anyway, a later. Pacino, I don't know what to say, really. That speech is the best speech of all time with LT in there, Willie have, Beeman. Do you have any more snippets of that speech you can give us? If not, it's I, uh, I pissed away all my money, and I've turned away everyone that's ever loved me before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game of inches. It's all it is, boys. Gentlemen, whatever the hell he says. But Ch- that, that sh- Shout out Jim Brown, Cameron Diaz. Jim, oh, Cameron Diaz. Jimmy Fox. Dennis Quaid. Jimmy Fox. Yeah, he, he would be my all time coming. I can't. I don't know the name of him in that in that movie. It's but just Pacino. That's it. Yeah, but that was. I used to listen to that speech before eighth grade football games just to get me juiced up. Um, but yeah, he's my number one, my number one pick. What, so, you, what about you? What are you about you, Ice? I don't know. I, I'm just kind of comparing it to like the teams that were in the movie. So uh, longest yard. You know, we look like we have a bunch of convicts on the field right now playing that don't really know what they're doing. Kinda, Jamie Collins. Burt Bert Reynolds. Sheesh. Must be Burt Reynolds or something. But Too soon. I'm actually going to compare this, which is probably a terrible comparison, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, we've all seen We Are Marshall. We are. Marshall. We are. Marshall. Randy University. So I know this is a terrible comparison, but I'm going to compare that plane crash to what the, we've been living in with the Browns the last few wow, years. Well, that <laughs> that escalated quickly. That's kind of fucked up, Ice. Too soon. It's not too soon. Everybody's recovered. Um, wow. Wow. Except wow. for the 60-plus people that died. Yeah, that's real fucked up, dude. We need McConaughey to bring us back from the dead. McConaughey goat fuck? I don't know what that means. But. And the guy from Lost. All right, all right, all right. The guy from Lost. So that's that's who I'm gonna say is McConaughey. Never seen it. He was in the movie. Oh. He's one of the coordinators. Oh, so you have anybody else you want to mention, or was that just kind of your spiel? That was my spiel. All right. Well, I was going with like a little different direction for this one. I was thinking more of like the Patches O'Houlihan route. Who's gonna motivate the Browns with the Cavs more than Patches O'Houlihan? Average Joe's. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just I like the funny sports movies. Who doesn't? Another shout out to a really great world class coach is. Will Ferrell and kicking and screaming, how he motivates those Italians to will them to victory. Maybe the Browns can get some Italians. They'd be pretty solid. Um, yeah, you know, all the, the basics. The Rick Pitino. <laughs> Rick Pitino. Isn't that his name from Louisville? Yeah. Why, why, why Rick Pitino? He's, he's a real person. He's not from he said if Yeah, he does want to come back. He said we need an Italian. And he did say, he did announce that he wanted to come to the NBA. That is true. Um. But if we're talking like serious coaches, I got to go with my boy, Gordon Bombay. Quack. 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 Hey, the Browns need to fly together like the Ducks fly together. That's all I'm saying. Gordon Bombay will will us to victory. We bring, and we bring back the wedge in the together. NFL. We bring back the wedge, the flying V. <laughs> yeah. what are, that's going to be our, uh, our two-point conversion play. Our nickname is going to be CTE City. <laughs> When Michael, wow. <laughs> when Michael Kendricks wow. gets arrested, Josh Gordon gets traded, and Hugh gets fired. Ducks fly <laughs> together. <laughs> so, Junior, who you got, buddy? All right, I got a little list here. So, I want to go with uh, Skipper Lou Brown from oh, yeah. Major League. Um, I think he Come could, on, Dorn. <laughs> I think he could be a good Browns coach. Enough of this whole age shit. Um, and actually, if I had to hire... A fictional character to be the Browns coach today, it'd be Coach Jimmy McGinty from The Replacements. Okay. I like that. Balco, it's all about heart. We need heart. I like that pick. Thank That's you. That's a good one. Uh, no one mentioned Coach Boone, Coach Yost. Denzel. We actually got to see him. We did see Coach Back Boone in, in person. Back in college, we got to go see Coach Boone, that real Coach Boone talk. Tom, can you give us a little snippet from uh, – No, I don't remember. When he's yelling at Yost. Yost! No, him? Or who's yelling? Oh, the dad in the crowd. He's taking dude. Alan out of the game. Yost! Okay. That's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got, I got one He's here. getting beat like he stole something. Hey, Arnold. Not a movie, but Coach Wittenberg. Coach? Tish. Tish. Coach. Tish. Tish. 
Wayne, come back, Wayne. Uh, Jesus. You got to go with Coach Carter. Because I'm hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful today. Take this music and use it. Let it take you away. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear Anytime is that we are powerful. Anytime he gets the opportunity to do this stupid fucking speech, he does it. Okay. Do you have anybody else? Coach Carter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got only a couple more. Uh, I didn't know we were supposed to have a list because I got one guy. Uh, I got <laughs> Sean Porter, uh, The Rock from Gridiron Gang. I thought he was a really good coach. What the fuck that movie? Um, honorable mentions. Uh, Mr. Miyagi. Did you? Did you just? <laughs> I think Mr. Miyagi would be a really good. Cavs. He coach. googled sports videos before or sports movies before uh, he came here. No, Mr. Miyagi. And I'm looking uh, at what you wrote down. Honorable mention: uh, Chubbs Peterson, golf pro at Waterbury. <laughs> Damn alligator! Took my hand. Hit me right when I'm in my prime. Oh, I'm sorry, cause you're black. <laughs> no. Damn alligator! Cut me off. Oh my gosh! <laughs> End scene. So, Ski Boy, you mentioned something about Halloween earlier when we were talking about something or another. It's Halloween weekend. So, it was Halloween weekend. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Ah, I love Halloween. It's a beautiful thing. Just an excuse to get absolutely plastic. So, Ski, I want you to set the table for us. First, let us know what you were for Halloween, and then share with us maybe some, a couple quick stories from your weekend. Uh, yeah, so you guys don't know what I look like, but I used to have long, beautiful, flowing hair and a perfectly shapen Spartan beard, shaved it all off, gave myself a goatee, got my boy Rook and I some hazmat suits, and we went as Jesse Pinkman and Walter White. What Breaking else did Bad. you shave? You don't want to know. It's not for the viewers. All right, fair. Uh, but we won, as, we won as Breaking Bad, and as I mentioned before, we went to a, uh, a dope-ass Halloween party. Junior was with me, and he went as uh, Mr. Elvis Presley. Thank you. Thank you very much. But, um, yeah, with that dedication, uh, I've, number one, I would never have a goatee because I look like a pedophile, but I got the old man glasses. Well, to clarify, you also, <clears throat> when he said he shaved, he shaved his beard into a goatee, and then he also shaved his entire head. Like, he's completely bald. Are you, you growing it back? Yes. Oh. If it grows back. If it grows back. Okay. We don't know so yet. So it's about 50-50. But uh, yeah. we, uh, Rook and I, we, we won the costume contest, got a nice trophy, which therefore I drank out of every drink the entire night. And then uh, it was like, a what, a $50 gift card to Hair Today Gone Tomorrow? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a bottle of Mane and Tail. But no, we won that, and I, I was drinking out of that cup all night, just concoction stuck in the bottom of that thing. And um, So... Ski Boy is so plastered after this party. Like, this dude's ego got so big. Whatever. Good for him. A lot of dedication in the costume. So he gets this, uh, like, a traditional trophy. So it's like you can pour shit in it. So, like, people were just like, he got it. He started pouring his beer in it. And then everyone came up with, like, pulling Trulies, like, wine. Yeah. So he, but he was so messed up that he was just drinking it. We're getting ready to go to the bars. And uh, me, our boy G, shout out to G. We were walking down the hallway with Ski Boy, and our boy Rook, Cobra Kai's roommate, was still at the party, and we had to like pry this kid away from the party. Like, dude, no, no nobody, but he was just so I messed up, rem- like I don't remember being this shatty Kathy did. So we finally pry him away from the party. We got all these idiots in the elevator, like just being idiots. Get into the lobby, walk outside um, on St. Clair because we're about to go to West Six. This dude, Ski Boy, still has his trophy with random fluids in it, just drinking it down West 6th Street, dude. He got just cop, or cops poached everywhere. I'm like, dude, either chug that or pour it out, dude. And he's just freaking hobbling to the bar, dude, in his freaking hazmat costume. Oh, my gosh. And then we get, to, we get to dive bar. The line is like 100 people deep, and we just cut the whole fucking line. We just said, <laughs> screw everyone. People are bitching at us. We didn't give two shits. We got like ten people back, and we got an, and then it's just may, even more mayhem from there because just everyone's buying shots. I think people were pouring multiple shots into this cup I was drinking. Apparently, uh, our other roommate's girlfriend, LD, shout out to LD. I was bitching at her to pour every single drink into my cup, and uh, it was just a wild night. And then the after hours wait, ensued. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, let me. And this is breezy came into the picture at this point, and I, I don't, I couldn't tell you what happened. 
Um, at this point, I blacked out. All I know is I woke up with about a thousand bruises, and my hammy is torn off the bone. So I don't know if you guys can. Uh, well, before Fill we us in. before we get to after hours, there's still some stuff that happened during regular oh, hours. Shit. So we're oh, at yeah. we're at the dive bar. Regular lounge. hours. I got Ski Boy, aka Cobra Kai, spitting game with this uh, this girl. She was like in a jailbreak <laughs> costume. Do you remember this? The girl, the jailbreak. No. She's wearing like black and white stripes. And little hat. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no record. I remember this. This is the first ski. time I'm yeah, hearing yeah, it. Yeah, I remember this. Ski. You tell me this yesterday. Ski's parked at the bar, and he's talking to this. This girl, she wasn't the cutest girl, but Easy. you know it is what it is. Hey, yeah. She had a big heart. But I was just trying to be like classic me, just being a dick to Ski Boy. Not really. I'm always just trying to be his friend, help him out. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I was trying to help him out because I'm like Cobra. You don't want anything to do with this jailbreak. So I start talking to her, dude, and she's like, "Who are you supposed to be?" I'm like, "Are you serious? You serious, Clark?" I'm like, "I'm the fucking king." And then I, I sang her a little jingle. She's like, "Wow, that's pretty good." I'm like, yeah, uh, I was supposed to actually um, used to be in the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, just <laughs> messing with this girl. She's like, are you serious? She's like, like Justin Timberlake? I'm like, yeah, it was me, Timberlake, uh, Christina. She believes you. B Spares. Like, just started saying, like, nicknames. <laughs> like, they're, like, 10 years older yeah, than you. Yeah. She had no clue. And so bitch. she's just like, she's like, oh, wow. She's like, actually, you look like that uh, one guy from uh, that one show, Wizards... I'm like, Wizards of Waverly Places? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, nah, I, I actually auditioned, but I didn't get that role. And like, she was just buying everything, dude. It was the funniest shit. And to uh, moral of the stories, I say, wait, wait, wait. Uh, didn't you from... audition for the, the Bachelorette? Just to throw <laughs> that in there. Didn't you actually get pretty far? I can't deny or confirm. Oh, my God. No, I did. Uh, we'll save that one for another be, day. Yeah, we'll, we'll save, save that, that story for another day. For another day. But, uh, yes. So, what happened? I don't get the whole point of the jailbreak thing. What happened with her? Nothing. I just pretty much cockboxed you. and <laughs> but I, but, No, but I saved <laughs> you. Anytime there's a decent girl dude, talking to me, just no, need to take no, any pawns off, no, 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 no. off something else. I jumped on, on a nade for you, dude. Yeah, listen, Walter, what you should be thinking. Just call me Bruno Mars. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything with me having this pedophile goatee. And this bald ass head. I was just not having a good time. But so what? What happened afterwards? Dude, the night the night gets better. That's where we pass the torch to Breezy, who is also in attendance. All right, so Dress I was up as a dartboard. I was a fucking dartboard. And real quick, I was getting so pissed. I don't know why I went as a dartboard. People kept saying, "Yo, dude, like you should be careful at the bars because like people probably throw darts at you." I'm like, "Yeah, if they throw darts, I'm throwing hands. So you better watch out." <laughs> throwing one knees and. <laughs> But anyway, so we get pretty drunk at the dive bar lounge, as tradition, and we go outside. I had no clue you were a dartboard. Keep going. Easy, Ski. So we, you know, we decide we're going to go back to young Ski Boy's place with his roommate, Rook, who was on one. Yeah, Rook was definitely, he was, he was turned up a little bit. Turned to the max. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so we catch an Uber with Rook. We go back to... Well, Ski Boy had already left with G, yeah. and then it was me... Dartboard and Rook waiting for our Uber. So we so we get back to the Ski Boy's place of his living. Flat. We got back to his flat. Ski Boy's flat. So, so we're at the flat. We go, we take this elevator up 16 floors. And uh, we're walking down the hall. And all of a sudden, we look to the right. And Junior, what do we see? We just see about 25 feet in front of Ski Boy's door. His, uh, his, his, his pimp, trophy. His pimp his, cup. His pimp cup trophy that he won for best costume. Just chilling in the hallway, just poured over, like turned over on its side. And we're just like, no. Like, what the fuck's like, going knew, on? We knew the crime scene was already started. <laughs> we didn't even get in the room yet, dude. The crime scene was already set. So then we get up to the door, just slide it open slightly, look down, and what do you know? What do we see, Junior? We see two bodies on the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. So, Ski Boy's flat, you walk in, and there's, like, a, a, a narrow hallway to get into the living room. They did not make it into the living room. It was, <laughs> it was two like bodies <laughs> in full Halloween costume, just sprawled, laying out, not even, yeah, 10 feet in front of the door, just passed out. Funniest scene ever. So, so me and Junior are just losing our shit, like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I knew these dudes were drunk. I didn't know that they were Correct. this fucking drunk. Right. 
And so we go in there and we just wake their ass up, start taking pictures and videos, making fun of these fuckers. And all of a sudden, Ski Boy starts getting a little attitude with us. I'm he like, arises from the dead. Like, what's going on? I think he was kind of pissed that we he woke rose him up. from the dead. G still passed out. <laughs> At this G, point, G, G still woke passed up out. there in the morning. To be fair, we're gonna keep telling this story, but just know that the other guy was still on the floor for the remainder of the night until five in the morning. So Ski Boy just decides to arise from the dead, and he's just talking mad shit. He thinks he's Big Dick Bill over here. Thinks he's the hottest shit in Cleveland. Oh, talking I just about best costume, this and that. <laughs> yeah, talking about how he's the alpha. If if y'all listened to the pod a couple weeks ago, you learned how Ski Boy was the alpha of the flat. But how are you going to find out? The tables may have turned. So Ski Boy's talking mad shit, and he starts like calling out everybody, like me, Breezy, Rook. Me and Ski getting it for a little bit. We're wrestling a little bit. He's saying that he could beat my ass, and I'm just like, really? So I just you know, throw him on the couch, rough him up a little bit, and then Rook. It's all good, clean fun at this point. Yeah, just clean fun. Rook's breaking it up, and then Tom's like, get off me, Rook. I'm the... Fucking alpha, don't this and that. And then they start getting into it because Rook's like, nah, I'm the alpha of the flat. And then they start getting into it. I break that up. Rook goes into his chair in the corner. It's finally like separated. Ski Boy calls Rook a fucking plumber and a worthless piece of shit going nowhere (laughs) in life. I've never seen somebody sprung so fast from a chair. Rook just goes to Cobra Kai, a.k.a. Ski Boy, Destroys him, tombstones him on the ground, <laughs> is ripping his hamstring out. Like I'm hearing I'm this not hamstring kidding, no. screaming. He's pushing his dude's leg back over his head, putting his point, kneecap I'm to like, his Rook, head. Stop, Rook, stop! You're and all of a sudden, him. all of a sudden, you hear a. <laughs> 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 so Ski Boy's hamstring is gone, like completely torn. So Ski Boy's like passed out, like out for the count, like pretty much how he was when we got there. And Rook just says, "What? Who's the alpha?" I'm the fucking alpha. Proceeds proceeds to to and grabs a full beer bottle off the table and just pours it all over Ski Boy's naked body, holding it up from his head, just (laughs) dripping all over his his apartment. (laughs) Ski Boy's out for about five, ten minutes, resurrects again, proceeds to grab a wooden stick that's just still in their apartment. I'm just sitting there eating my Doritos, minding my own damn business. The fucking Ski comes over and just decides to put me in a headlock. I'm like... I'm like, Junior, get Ski off me. I'm getting pissed. Get him off of me. Then all of a sudden, Junior comes to the rescue, grabs, grabs Ski Boy. He's like, yo, listen, dude. I'm just trying to be your friend. I just want to be your friend. Let me be your I'm friend. Just, I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to be your friend. You I'm free, trying to help you out. A, I'm like, I'm just trying to help you out. You're in a bad place. But if you talk shit to me or anybody else, I'm going to destroy you. I just really wanted to put Ski Boy through one of his coffee tables. Because as you know, if you listen to the show, he has like four coffee tables. It so broke I lo- again. I was looking for an excuse. Yeah, Breezy's foot actually went through the one coffee oh. table. Um, but anywho, so me Don't and Ski Boy getting the final fight of the night, and it's getting ding, pretty ding, heated, ding. like w- almost swinging at this point, <laughs> but not really, just kind of faking it. And then at one point, Ski Boy grabs this wooden stick that has been in his apartment for like the last. It's like <laughs> from a bed. For yeah, a bed what is? For- I don't know what the hell that thing is. My my roommate took too much Ambien and. And, and took apart his bed frame and just kind of left it okay. in the family room like a year yeah, ago. Okay. So wooden bed frame <laughs> stick that's been in their living room for the last two Super Bowls. <laughs> and it's still in there. I use it as a microphone every once in a while when I'm over there. Uh, but Ski Boy decided to use it as a foreign object. He goes, foreign object! He goes to swing. He this, cocks like, it behind back. his... Cocks it back. <laughs> and here I comes just, Breezy, I really, like Andre the Giant, dude. Just catches this with one... Arms, side I, arm. I saw this whole thing developing. Like, I'm literally sitting on the couch. I saw Ski Boy go for the foreign object, and I'm like, no, this is not going to happen on my watch. So here I go, run over there. As he cocks it back behind his head, just give him the one claw. <laughs> I grab the wooden stick, put Ski Boy in a headlock, and threw him down. And I'm like, chill the fuck out, Ski. You're going to kill someone. And then... Uh... Me and Breezy left, and that was a wrap. And that's, that's what I got happens pissed. when four dudes don't get late and they come home drunk. They just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> so, wait, serious question, though, Ski. What? Who's the alpha? It's still me. No. No, Dude, no, 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 That no. doesn't count because I was, I was hammered. No. Rook, Rook is for sure. himself as the alpha right now. Rook You're is for sure regain. the alpha. You're going to have to regain 
Alpha status. I'm on the IR for the next like three to four weeks with this hand. I can't even walk right now. <laughs> and we have to play softball tomorrow. What position are you playing tomorrow? I'm being the catcher for sure. Catcher Kai. That fits you well. Wow. But yeah, all in all, good weekend. Well, ice. Would you, did you go to like a pumpkin patch this weekend? What'd you do? Uh, no, I actually just went to Tremont. So <laughs> I came back and. Uh, Sweet life. I, I went, I came back, you know, ate some pizza rolls. Fell asleep. My hamstring feels great. So that was basically oh. my weekend. Yeah, I had to call for Any ranch today. dipping sauce or? No, just straight straight pizza rolls. Did you burn the top of your mouth because you're too drunk? Oh, every, it's more of a tongue because oh, I just yeah, go yeah, straight yeah. tongue in first. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. That's what she said. Um, all right. Sweet Halloween stories. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast before the 31st, again, safe travels, trick-or-treating if you're doing that. This next segment is brought to you in part by Toyota. Let's go places. You think we'll get in trouble for that? I don't know. Is that, I think Toyota? it's just a free like uh, promo for them. Yeah. Good for Toyota. They're doing some nice things. They should thank us. They really should. It's finally that time, boys. It's time to tell us what grinds your gears. Junior, why don't you, uh, why don't you lead us off here? All right. I got a couple here. Make it real quick. The first one is actually one that grinds Maddie Ice's gears that I just thought of the other day when I was in the car. So it was raining across all northeastern Ohio. Like my drive from Lakewood to the suburbs, about 45 minutes, was pouring rain forever. So I had my windshield wipers flapping hard. And then I got out of my car, obviously. But when I got back in my car, they were still on. But I was just like kind of too lazy to like turn them off. So what grinds Maddie Ice's gears is when he's the passenger in someone's car and it's either a very light drizzle or not raining at all and you have either your windshield wipers on when they shouldn't be or if they're moving too fast versus the pace of the rain, he gets super pissed. Like, it'll just be like awkward seconds for 15 seconds and then he'll just like look at you and be like, dude, are you going to like turn off your windshield wipers or... There's nothing worse than you hear that like that dryness, you know, and it's just rubbing against where the window's like, all right, I'm I'm dry, I'm dry. <laughs> Matty Ice, is that correct though? Does that grind your gears? It does grind my gears. All right, so that was a quick shout out for Matty Ice. All right, this one grinds my gears. This just happened to, to me today um, in Starbucks. So, I what grinds my gears? How often do you go to Starbucks? Uh, probably. Like it's kind of concerning, man. Uh, my job enables me to work in coffee shops. Oh, okay, yeah. To be fair, you saw Zizich there, so it's pretty trendy. It's a thing. Europeans do it. What grinds my gears is when people come into like a small public setting, or even a large public setting for that matter, but worse when small, and they kind of make like a scene or like disturb the peace. So usually like when I'm at Starbucks or a coffee shop, if I get a phone call, incoming phone call from a client or like anybody, like I'll go into like the side room or like, you know, outside and I'll have my phone call or I'll talk very low on my phone so no one can really hear me this girl gets there sits down immediately and answers her phone hello and she's starting to get in this fight and like I'm not trying to you know paint a certain picture I don't judge anybody but this girl was you know more of the uh, gothic demographic (laughs) so she comes in looking real pissed sitting down and she's on the phone and she's like I don't really want to talk about it. I'm not doing this. I'm at Starbucks, this and that. And like for 30 oh. minutes, by the 20 minute marker, she starts crying. No. And it's like one of those things where I'm like, how has nobody like said anything or like tried to comfort? Like it's getting awkward. Like I'm trying to like, I'm sa- at this point, I'm saving everything on my computer and I'm about to shut the thing and like get out of there. And ultimately I ended up doing that. But she was on her phone for 30 minutes in the small room, literally crying and like screaming on the phone. It's just like, how do you have the audacity? Like, do you not think about anybody else in the room? Like, I just don't understand how some people are wired where they just think it's okay to just, like, like, there's a time and place. Like, figure your shit out. Wow. That grinds my gears. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, something that's not driving for once, and I'm actually going to go with some fantasy football things that grind my gear. So, right now, um, not in our league, but in a different league, I'm battling for the number one seed. So, I'm checking Allegedly. it out. It's the 4 o'clock game start. Looks like I'm wrapping up a victory. So I'm like, oh, how's the other team going right now? And I check, and the other guy that he's playing literally has three people on bye weeks and it's started in the starting lineup. And I just think to myself, all my leagues, you pay money. It's not like we're playing the free leagues when you're in middle school anymore. I mean, you're putting you know 
even if it's only 20 bucks, just it takes 10 seconds to check it. You know what I mean? Like, I have no problem if the guy I'm playing has some bye weeks, but just for the sole purpose of wasting your money, just check your lineups. You know what I mean? And then the, uh, the second one, which is literally just like a five-second one, is when you go to fast food and they put too much ice in your drink. You know what I mean? You oh, have dude, literally, me the fuck yeah. Off. You literally get like five sips out of it, and it's just like, wait, it's already gone. Or if you're like taking your time, and then you get like two sips, and then you take another sip, and it's just like watery yeah. down. I hate that at the bar too. Yeah, I'm always that guy. Ask for only two. I usually drink juice. mine extremely quick, so I know what you mean. You do everything quick, don't you? Yeah, like finish. Ill <laughs> breeze. All right, boys. Time to what grinds my gears. And that's when you call the damn Uber and everyone's taken nine years to get down there and get inside the Uber. And you got this fucker calling you. Next thing you know, you got YD. This actually happened literally two days ago. You got YD going over there to shotgun a beer because he wants to finish his last beer. A.K.A. Young Dave from the Young Browns Dave. game. Young Dave. Lost. So Young Dave goes to shotgun his beer. No big deal. And the part that really gets me the most, what really grinds my gears is this fucker decides to go start throwing up before he gets in the Uber. So I'm freaking out. You know, I just called this Uber, and my boy YD is literally one narkin. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Breezy, you do that every weekend. Every time I call an Uber out of my apartment, you go, wait, 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 wait. And you go into my kitchen, over the sink, and you shotgun a beer before Yeah, but I don't, I don't take 10 minutes. I, I, I literally shotgun in point yeah, three seconds. Yeah, we're still waiting on you, though. I mean, the elevator goes on at the same time, bud. I don't think so. All right, fuck you, Ski. Let me finish my story. All you don't right. see me one knocking like YD? So YD's puking in the bushes. Then he's puking as he's walking into the Uber. Mm-hmm. And I'm just walking with my fucking, my face in the my head. I'm like, walk no, and dude. Puke. No, dude, this is not going to end well. And you know, what, what grinds my gears is when people take forever and then decide to puke before they get in the Uber. And for YD, getting lost at Browns games and one knocking before he gets in the Uber. That's why. It's always cloudy in Cleveland.